You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey folks, this is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast. I just want to remind you about our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com. We have a Facebook page. We would appreciate it if you like and follow. Also, join our discussion group on Facebook called After the Shadows. We have a Twitter feed. Please follow us on Twitter. It can be found at podcast underscore from... Follow us on Instagram at From the Shadows Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go to the search bar of YouTube and put From the Shadows Podcast and please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network and we can be found there at odyssey1.com. We're still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. We also have a Patreon page. It can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash from the shadows. You can receive books, stickers, coffee mugs, and special content just for our Patreon subscribers. Check it out for yourself and see what packages that we have to offer. Well, that's all I have for you right now, folks. And thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows podcast family. So with that being said... Let's get this episode started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the best of the midweek howl. Are you going to howl, Jason? Since the Ozark Howler's not here to defend himself with a howl of his own, uh, we'll let let Jason do it. But hey, um, just giving everybody a little heads up, this is a best of. We went back and found a couple of the early... Uh, Ozark Howler episodes and put them together for your listening pleasure. Uh, we decided to give everybody off, uh, a couple days off for the 4th of July. So uh, if you've heard these episodes, 
I'm sure they're, I'm sure you'll love hearing them again. But if you're hearing them for the first time, just remember, you, if you want to, there, we got 60-some, like 68 Ozark Howler episodes. Yeah. You can go searching way back on your podcatcher and yeah. find, you can listen to Ozark Howler for probably a whole day straight. Yeah, plus Rock. a couple full shows. A couple full shows back there. Well, yeah. So we appreciate all the diehard Ozark Collar fans. Um, we hope you enjoy this best of episode. And go back and check out some of the older episodes because we know they'll make you laugh. But uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of the Ozark Collar. Absolutely. I mean, I thought you were going to howl again on the way out. No. Not going to do it. (laughs) All right. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. We'll catch you next week. Yeah, take care, guys. So, Howard, what do you got got for us this week? I know know you're chomping at the bit to tell tell me this one story. You you know what? I keep reading. I keep watching these. I've been. I bought one of them Hulu boxes or what? Voodoo boxes? What do you call it? Where you stream all that TV? <laughs> okay. Isn't that like a Fire Stick? Or no, something? but I bought the whole. I bought the the the, the uh, Walmart Ro- the Roku sold out box. Stick, so Roku, Roku. I, but I bought the deluxe one that I could, I had a set of headphones I could plug into or my remote and listen. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. So anyway, I've been watching uh, uh, Ray Donovan. Okay. Oh okay, yeah. Yeah. Leave Schreiber or whatever. Or yeah, yeah. Name? So yeah. I used to watch it on a plane a little bit, but it was always edited. You know, this is a full blown. But they got these crazy women in these TV shows, and these writers, I don't know where they're getting their info, but they're spot on in some of these episodes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's almost like deja vu when I watch some of the crazy stuff. So, uh, anyway, I, what made me think about it is. These domestics, you know, that there, there's all these domestic situations in that in that episode. And when you got a woman in a domestic situation as a law enforcement officer, we've all heard the stories, right? Uh, just how 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 crazy. I went the very first domestic I ever went to. I worked when I very. This is going back to '91, so I mean, I'm going back a long way. And in the department I worked for at the time is big now, but at the time it was going, it wasn't, it was going through a transitional period and they had one guy that worked in a jail, one guy at night during the week, cause it was supposed to be slow during the week. There was one guy that worked in the jail, one guy that worked on the road and one guy that worked on the radio. And if, if the guy on the road needed help, he would, he would, he would take the guy from the jail and the, and the radio guy would would open the door in case the police department opened. It's kind of a weird deal now because I, you know, now the cops are like everywhere. But back in the old days, they weren't. So they called me one day and said, "Hey, so and so, I'm not going to mention his name because he doesn't want anything to do with fame or publicity or anything else. He's going to pick you up at the door. He's got a domestic he's going to, and they always send two officers to a domestic. So." Anyway, I get my gun out and all my cool stuff on, and here he wheels in there and picks me up. So we're going out here to a uh, – so I jump in the car, and he says, you know so-and-so. And I said, I know who he is, but I don't know him. Well, we're going – that's whose house we're going to. So now I'm leaving out a bunch of stuff because it's just a lot of stuff needs left out. 
<laughs> no, you know what? You know what? I'm not going to leave. I'm just going to leave out the names. Okay. okay. All right. All right. That'll work. Right. Okay. So, I think our listener. I think our listeners will appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. So, now Grover, you played high school and college ball. Yeah, a long time ago. Okay. But you know what that it, it, it where I live. Back in them days, and it's it's in some ways it's even worse. Sometimes, if you're a good ball player, everybody remembers it in that town or in that. Yeah. Town. you know what I mean. Yeah. You, you yeah. know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So the guy I'm riding with was a good ball player. Um, you know, he went on to play uh, Division One ball, and the guy we're going out to this domestic. These guys. The guy I'm riding with was on a undefeated state 518, okay, in high school. And then he went on to play division one ball. And 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 one of the guy we're going this domestic, it's his little brother. I guess what I'm saying. Not not the guy I'm riding with his little brother, but my the, the cop that's driving me played on the same team as this guy's two big brothers. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. So yeah, sometimes yeah. when you go when you're a cop in your town, it, there's all these nuances that Oh, yeah. Police training doesn't really prepare you for. You know what I mean? Because you have to police your own people, so to speak. Okay. People that you know, you got connections with. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This guy's mom worked at Safeway with my mom. So that's how I knew who he was. He was older than me, but you know what I mean? So we roll up to this domestic, nice, nice, you know, twin home or duplex, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, girl answers the door. She calls my partner by, you know, the wife answers the door, calls my partner by name. Suspect's in there. He's drunk and and calls my partner by name. And and my my partner's just saying, hey, what's going on? Well, you know, based, bottom line is she wants him out of the house. He's drinking. You know, the honeymoon is wore off. And he's not the guy that she fell in love with in high school. Okay, let's just leave it at that. All right. So, you know, they say relationships are like tires. You got good ones that last a long time. If you got bad ones, you so many miles in a relationship. Oh, man. Well, okay. I'm from, That's a hell of an run, analogy right there. Hey, people run Maypops. You ever heard of Maypop? <laughs> yes. They can pop at any time. So, this they guy has. Yeah, you know what I mean? There's bald yeah. tires, there's Maypops. You know? uh, yeah. uh, right. So this old boy's relationship is, <laughs> is mild out. But he doesn't want to leave. He says, I'm not leaving. And and my partner is saying, hey, dude, you got to leave. Let's make it easy on yourself. Just get in the car. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. And it goes round and round and round. So finally, he tell, the, the wife is trying to talk him into leaving. I'm just standing there because I'm nobody. You know I mean? 21-year-old kid or whatever, I'm nobody. Even though I got a gun and badge and all that stuff, but in the whole scheme of things. This old boy says, hey, I won't leave. Your My mom gave us a casserole dish with our <laughs> wedding anniversary on it. And since you don't want to be married anymore, I won't leave until I get that dish. <laughs> Now, you're laughing because I think I told you the story or you know where this is going. Oh, so I know where this is going. says, do what? <laughs> and, and, you know, when people are, are drunk or high and then they're in an emotional situation like this, 
they don't make sense to a normal person, okay? Because if a person was normal and thinking correctly, they wouldn't be in that situation. So then the wife is saying, well, why do you care? My partner's like, why do you care? So finally, my partner says, hey, man, just give him the dish. Is that all it's going to take? And this dude says, yeah, if you give me the dish, I'll leave with you. So she goes through, and you know how fine these casserole dishes. She's got to go through this bottom lazy Susan thing, you know, banging pots and pans, banging, 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 you know, whatever, whatever. And, you know, they're doing these. They're doing these status checks. That's what they call you when you go out on a call like this. They dispatch goes, you know, you know, five fourteen status check because they have a, these dispatchers have a timer. So like every four minutes or five minutes. So sometimes now they have satellite and trunking systems, but at that time they had crappy radios. So what we would do a lot of times, you would get there and you would pick up their phone and call nine one one from their resident, and you just talk straight to dispatch. Gotcha. So my partner says, hey, dude, call them and tell them we're fine. So I picked up this phone and I, you know, dial 911. And, of course, they say they know I'm at computer aid dispatch. They know that's at that residence. But they answer the phone at the same time. This old gal's trying to find these pots and pans. It's banging this ditch. I go, oh, my God, you guys okay? I said, yeah, hold on. She's just getting some dishes ready. So he gets this casserole dish and we – we we start to leave now. My I'm walking out first. The guy's in the middle. My partner's in the in the behind him, kind of uh, uh, leading him out. And the first thing he does, he gets out on a concrete sidewalk and smashes that casserole dish. That's the hard <laughs> You know what the craziest part is? And I don't even know. And nowadays, if I should even tell the end story, but you know what we did with that old boy? What? Over to his mom and dad's house. Oh, when he smashed the casserole dish, <laughs> my partner didn't really completely beat him down, but mm-hmm. but but started a beat down on him <laughs> that would probably get you reprimanded if not fired today. So my partner smacked him around a little bit. At a general principle for just, from yeah, just that, that's from the way it was back in the old days. You know, you could you could kind of you know this guy going to see the judge in, in a week or two ain't going to help him as much as smacking him upside the head tonight is. Oh, there you go. Does that make sense? Yes, it okay. does. <laughs> yeah. So my partner smacks him around a little bit. We put him in his car, and then we don't even take him to jail. We take him to his mom and dad's house oh. because they. They, you know, it was a football. It was a, it was a football deal. You know what I mean? So my partner, I remember my partner taking his handcuffs off, and this guy's mom, dad waking up, you know, midnight or whatever, coming to the door. And my partner looked at him and said, "Hey, are we going to have a problem? Because if we're going to have a problem, I'm going to take you to effing jail." I'm trying to cuss since I see people don't like it on your comments. My partner says, "We'll take you to jail," and he goes, "Now this guy is, you know, he's been roughed up a little bit, and you know what he says." No, man, I'm okay. Sorry to put you guys through this. And you know what? We never had another call at that house. You know, nowadays these people be on TV, you know, news scene on on Monday saying that the cops beat you up with Johnny Cochran or whatever. Back in them days, that's the way it was, man. The good old days, man. Hey, that's the way it was. (laughs) I used to say it all the time. You know, you got to be able to just give ass whippings instead of tickets. Grover, we were just talking about the nuances of policing in a town you grow up in, especially small town. Exactly. 
And and I I had went to you know I knew the sheriff I I got a, a, a cop job but it was working in the jail, you know, and and at that time my my sheriff was a real proponent of education. He had a uh, a master's degree. Um, the chief deputy had a master's degree, and you know they used to always brag. They got them in the seventies when they meant something. That's what these guys would tell you. Um, and I hadn't graduated yet, so I, I worked in a jail. But they had gotten some uh, community, what they call community policing money. It was a new thing at the time, and and they were they were needing somebody to work in these uh, small towns because most of the real cops did not want to. Even though I was a deputy and I worked in the county, when the sheriff first got me to go out there, I'd have to work eight hours or four hours in this town and four hours in this town. Little bitty towns, you know, six, seven hundred people. So you're very limited on what you can even do because there's just not a lot of activity, you know. So the first town he sent me to, very little training. I went to back when in, in, the, in the late 80s, early 90s, it was a three-week school called the 120. So it was 120 hours of training, and by gosh, here's your gun and badge, and you're it. So I went through three weeks of school, and, and now I is one. You know, last that's a Joe joke. You know, I couldn't spell police last week, and now I is one. And <laughs> but you're paranoid, and 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 where I was at, so so my boss basically said, hey, my sheriff coming up me and say, hey, you drive out there, and and it happened to be my hometown. You drive out there and and make yourself seen. You know, sit in a school zone, do this, do that, whatever. So the first day, I was paranoid of getting shot. You know, I would just went to this police school where they'd show you camera car cameras were in their infancy at that time, and every video they showed you was somebody shooting the police. So I, for the first, I don't know, even know how many. The, the first thirty hours I worked out there, I only pulled over people I knew. And I didn't write anybody a ticket. You know, I pulled over my buddy's dad or some dude I went to school with because I knew they wouldn't shoot me. And then, <laughs> I know, isn't that nuts? Isn't that nuts? So anyhow, the, the odd part about small town policing is they all want something done, just not to them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah, just yeah, not, yeah. not to them. And the guy I was replacing was an old you know, there was a there was a dude that, that kind of worked out. He still worked at the department, but he was a retired military policeman, and and he, you know, you were either a violator or you weren't. And he wrote everybody tickets in, and the sheriff I worked for, you know, sheriffs are elected officials. He was getting a little pushback on that. Does that make sense? Because yeah. these people, although they wanted a cop in their town, they didn't. You know, they didn't want them getting a ticket. So, yeah, exactly. so that was kind of a big joke. You, what you do is you give locals warnings and out of towners tickets. I know it sounds terrible for me to say, but that's just the way it used to be. It's the way it yeah. should be. That's just exactly you know, the way it should be. So, and then you knew, <laughs> hey, and you knew when you're driving in somebody else's town to pay attention. That's right. That's right. You know? So, anyhow, there was a guy I went to school with. A couple years older than me, and 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 it was just a tremendous had a lot of stuff going on when we were young. He was a tremendous athlete, tall, good-looking guy, but he was a heavy drinker. But but I think he's okay now in his fifties. But back then, you know, really wasted a lot of opportunities because of alcohol addiction. 
Okay. So, so, but I knew him. I've known him my whole life. So I pulled him over one day and he didn't have a license, but I didn't know he didn't have a license until I pulled him over. Well, I let him go. Well, rumor got back to me because he was kind of, you know, I, you know, I, it, it wasn't, I don't think he ever got arrested for anything, but either drinking or driving or not having a license. So word got back to me one day that he was, was, was eroding my authority by me letting him go. He told everybody that he could drive where he wanted because I wouldn't arrest him. Does that make sense? Oh, uh, yeah. He, <laughs> You know, so, so, so rather, instead of just keeping his just, mouth shut, there you go, yeah. he's got to go down and tell everybody that he can do what he wants because you know. And when word got back to me, so I really kind of took that to heart, mm-hmm. and I arrests him three or four times in about ten or twelve days. <laughs> yeah, because he's in this four hundred per seven hundred person town. Yeah, you, you see, know what I mean. You see, you probably saw him. Every time he turned around. Yeah, if I had to be out in that town. And he's know, not supposed to, he doesn't have a license anyway. Yeah, right. Said, right? So, so that's you the should. problem. These people get in, in never-ending cycles because when you get in trouble in a small town, something like, they know who you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, of course. I started kind of feeling bad about it. And, but hey, that's the way it goes. Did, so, he, ever, did he ever learn his lessons? Yeah, lessons? this is what happened. Well, this is what happened. Okay, this is the punchline. We're going to the punchline. I know right. it's a long-form method on this story. <laughs> so a guy that we went to school with was getting married. Now, I'm a non-drinker, okay? Well, <clears throat> and I'm known, you know, I've been known as a non-drinker, okay? My mom was Baptist. I'm Baptist. You know, I, I don't even want to get into nuances of that, but I'm just a non-drinker. And so a friend of ours was getting married, and he said, hey, we're renting a uh, – a van, a big like conversion van. We're gonna go up to St. East St. Louis and St. Louis and go to some bars and I hate to say strip clubs, but I'm just gonna say it here, strip clubs. Right. And we want you to drive. So I'm invited to be the driver. And I said, I don't have a problem. Well the pro the well we're the let's call this guy Jay. Jay is is gonna be there. He's the guy I've arrested four times. Is that gonna be a problem? I said, no, I ain't got a problem, you know. If he doesn't have a problem with me driving the van, I don't have a problem with him riding in the van. You know what I mean? So yes. we end up up in this East St. Louis, Missouri strip club called Roxy's. Now, I used to drink copious amounts of Mountain Dew. <laughs> and the downside to that is if depending on what kind of finger foods or stuff I'm eating, I could get uncontrollable diarrhea to drop of a hat. <laughs> okay, you drink two liters of Mountain Dew, and you start eating some hot wings at a strip club in East St. Louis, you got to take dump. I mean, that's just the way it is. So I walked in this bathroom. The problem with the bathroom at that time at that club, so when you're sitting on a toilet, you're kind of out there and, and like the open. It'd be like, it would be like taking a dump on top of Devil's Tower in Wyoming or something. You know? <laughs> and you got all kinds of weirdos and freaks and shit coming in. You know what I mean? You don't know who you're going to be exposed to. So I'm trying to hold it. I'm trying to hold it. I'm trying to hold it. I can't hold it. I can't hold it. Finally, I just got to go. So I get over there and I walk in the bathroom and the coast is clear. But I know if I sit down on this toilet, all kinds of weirdos can come in. 
Well, lo and behold, who do you think is the closest guy I can see to that door? The guy you've arrested five Jay. times. Let's call him Jay. Big, good-looking. <laughs> I mean, he's still in his prime, early 20s. Big old strapping, six foot three, four, you know, 200 pounds. And I said, hey, dude, I need a favor. You need a favor from me? I said, yeah. I said, man, <laughs> this is important. And he said, what? I said, I got to take a crap, and I don't want anybody to come here. Would you want me? I said, this is the deal, man. You watch that door, I'm taking the dump. I'll never arrest you again for, for traffic violations. If you do something else, I can't help you. But he goes, okay. So he stood his back to me, his front to the door, and kept the patrons at bay while I took the double dump. You know, it's one of them ones where you go and then you, you get done and you stand up and you're walking to the bat and sink, and then all of a sudden you got to go again. It's like it settles back down. <laughs> and then about three weeks later, or whatever, there's a car in a ditch in this little old town. In order for me to wait for a tow truck, it's going to take 45 minutes or an hour. And this guy says, well, I can call my grandpa. I said, yeah, I'll have him call come. Well, he doesn't really drive. I said, how's he going to pull, pull you out if he doesn't drive? And they said, well, he's got a guy that helps him on the farm. Sometimes they're cutting wood today. He, he could be there. And I said, okay. Well, lo and behold, who do you think pulls up in this old man's truck? This dude. Let's call him Jay. He rolls up and there I'm at a crossroads. He's, he's, I could see the look in his eye. He's worried about whether I'm going to break our, <laughs> and I said, Hey, can you pull him out? And he goes, you going to arrest me? And I said, no, just, I told you I wasn't. So I'm a man of my word, man. I never arrested him again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the from the shadows podcast until next time. Never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>